Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dealer Talk. So I'm very excited for our conversation today. Um, The topic we're going to be discussing is one that Eric and I haven't really um, delved deep in yet. And so I'm very excited to introduce our guest and, you know, start having our conversation. But before I do that, let me check in really quick with uh, my co-host, Eric. Hey, Eric, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, Herb, I'm here. Let's do this, <laughs> All right, man. Let's get rolling. So, uh, the person we have today is wow, man! Such a, an incredible background. He's a, a nationally known speaker, uh, consultant, and performance uh, coach. Um, he's a author of several books. Um, has over twenty years of experience uh, working in, within the automotive industry uh, with dealerships throughout the country. And I'm just very, very excited to uh, have a conversation. So um, let's introduce Mr. Joseph Rosales. Joseph, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Fired up and ready. Let's go, man. Feed us. Yeah. Feed us. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on. Um, you know, I, I, um, like I mentioned, I think that this is a topic that we really haven't uh, – covered in depth yet. And so I'm very excited to have the conversation. But before we get going here for the listeners, could you just kind of give us a recap of your background and what you're currently up to? Well, sure. Uh, I've I've been in in retail my entire life. And for, you know, for many years before I came to the automotive business, I was in uh, high-end men's clothing and fine jewelry, the same business, people buying a product and they're served by employees. And uh, they come to a place to to have an experience and, and, and to buy a product or a service. And um, so yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of changes like you guys have over the last 20 years. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing major shifts in the automotive dealership environment uh, and, and in the way consumers engage the whole idea of uh, purchasing a, a vehicle. And, um, and unfortunately, I'm not seeing a lot of um, uh, change happening within within the dealerships. Um, so it's uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty exciting um, and, and 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 challenging time for automotive dealerships across the country. And um, as you guys know, I've, I I lived out east uh, in the in the mid Atlantic states, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, that whole area there, uh, for almost thirty years. And um, in the end, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that different between the East and the West. There's a few different operational changes here and there in dealerships, but, but uh, it's the same, it's the same game. People want to come in and buy a car and have a great experience and, and feel comfortable and, and feel, you know, feel um, appreciated. Uh, so um, again, good, good things, exciting things happening, but as you know, the tsunami of change in the automotive business, it's come. And, and, and it's here in many areas, but it, it, it's coming. It's going to continue to come. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. So, one of the things that um, I wanted to ask, you know, given your background and the fact that you're working with uh, dealerships in the East Coast and the West Coast, you live, you live in Phoenix now, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, given that you're, you're you have your your finger on the pulse, if you know, if you will, in, in all these different markets, um, you know what? Um, 
what do you see? You know, what's the differentiators? What, what, what's what, what, what's the one thing or if is there commonality between them? Or I mean, like, what are you seeing with with all this exposure? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because, you know, obviously I, I, I live in a world where, where you know, I, I'm always positive about, you know, the glass is, is, is filling. I don't even know if it's half full. It's, it's filling. It's, 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 things are great. Um, but, but I'll tell you that, you know, when 10 and 15 years ago, you know, when, when we started seeing the changes in, uh, in, in the way consumers accessed information, I, mean, I know you've heard the statistics that, you know, uh, you know, customers used to go to four or five dealerships and they would get the brochures and they would learn about the vehicles and you'd have, you know, you'd have, you know, several shots at a customer buying a car from a dealership where today customers do you know, several hours worth of research uh, on, on a vehicle that they're interested in, and they push a button, and they get quotes, and they make a couple calls, and they go to one dealership, maybe one and a half, and they buy. And, and you know, that, that's changed dramatically. But what's interesting, because I personally am involved in, 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 you know, in, in dealing with, with our clients in their dealerships. We do all of our work in dealerships. We, we don't speak outside of dealerships very often or do work outside of dealerships because that's their home. That's, that's where you see what's really going on. That's where you see the culture in place. That's where you see the actual operations producing or not producing, their processes producing or not producing the, the result that, that they, they, they're looking for. And that's where you get to see the people playing in their own on their own field. And it's interesting because sometimes when you go into a dealership, as beautiful as the dealership is, as gorgeous as the facility is, as soon as you start talking to the people, it's like going back in a time capsule. It's, they're still greeting you. Hi, you know, uh, welcome to XYZ dealership. You know, my name is Joseph and your name is and blah, blah, blah. And they pat the kids on the head and they drag them to their desk and they start doing an interview to find out what the customer's looking for, which is very important. Obviously we need to get land on the right car. But then the customer sits and waits for them to go and, and, and get the car and then they go back and forth to the to the tower and they and they and they start talking to the you know, to the manager about what the customer's looking for and the manager's asking them questions and the customer's sitting there, la 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 la. You know, what's going on? It still takes and, and this is shocking, it still takes <laughs> sometimes three, four, five hours to buy a car. <laughs> And, and it's crazy that and, and the person that is the, the person that hates it most is the consumer. And, you know, I've heard it said a number of different ways, but, you know, sometimes people feel like I'd rather go to the dentist and get my teeth cleaned or a rick now than buy a car. And, and, and more and more and more because of the Internet and because of all the blog sites and because of all the resources, that consumers have available to them at the click of a button or on their phone or on their laptop, they, they're learning how to negotiate with dealerships. I mean, type in today, you know, buying a new car or negotiating for a new car. You'll see pages and pages of ex-salespeople, you know, pontificating on how to negotiate with a dealership. 
And, and, and sometimes people come in with their checklist that they printed off of these <laughs> websites so true. about what they're supposed to say and not say, what they're supposed to ask for, and how they, how they research the, the true invoice and the true cost on a vehicle. So it's getting tougher and tougher to, 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 to you know, successfully negotiate a, a, you know, a deal with a customer when a customer's got all kinds of information and all kinds of strategies set up before they come in the door. So, you know, the, that, the, the, the consumer has changed dramatically in, in, in the way they engage a car, uh, you know, a car buying transaction. Yet the dealerships have, have not. Uh, you know, there, there's so many different ways to engage a customer using technology that, um, that, that, that I don't, I just don't see it out there. I, I don't, I don't see it. It doesn't matter if it's a, you know, multi-million dollar facility or, you know, one that is in need of renovation. The operations is the same as go back 15, 20 years and that's how they did it. Yeah. So, but that's, that, that's, that's, that's so fascinating. We know we had a, we had a conversation last week about the same, the same, you know, kind of like mental roadblock uh, of separation between the, the, the customer um, to this, this imaginary, you know, Oz behind the curtain entity and leaving the customer to think about it. I mean, do you, do you, from a training standpoint, do, how do you advise the dealership? Um, do you, do you advise them to maybe, alter that or um do you do you enhance the the system they have i mean from your standpoint well you know it's interesting um i i i am very very clear with our clients that we we um don't make changes to anything until we really do a thorough assessment of, of, of a business. Um, you know, I, I, am always the first person to say, it's funny. People, people ask me, so Joseph, how can you help us? And my answer is, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know what you're doing. That's right. So, you know, I'm not good. You know, I, I golf a lot and I'm not going to make suggestions to somebody's golf game. If I've never seen them swing the club, if I've never been on the course with them, uh, and and you know watch them manage the course and and, and, and and make you know strategic shots around 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 the layout. So it's it's the same in business, um, you know. But once we spend some time, whether it's a day or two, you know, usually in a day we can get a real good picture of what people are doing, um, and and then we can start to look at, at process. Um, one of the things that that and I mentioned this to Herb in our in our in our briefing the other day. We kind of look at, at, at three sides of the business. We look at the people. What do you have working for you? We look at the process. What are your processes that move a customer from A to Z? And then, very importantly, what are the what is the performance of those processes? Because you guys know you can have great people with broken processes, and then they're going to fail. Yep. Yes. Or you can have you know um, great processes with people that don't execute those processes and again you will short but you guys okay hearing some weird noise in the background yeah um i think we're good okay but 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 if you but it, and i know this sounds utopian but if you have 
you solid people. They don't have to be the greatest people, but they have to be solid. They have to they have to be motivated. They have to be inspired. They have to they have to know why they're doing this, and they have to want to do this. If you get solid people, and you've got really good process, process that is that is intelligent, that is designed to accomplish the 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 result that you're looking for, moving that customer again from A to Z and through whatever whatever that process is. Um, you know, some people call it the road to the sale, and I've seen eight steps, 12 steps, 24 steps. I saw one that a guy broke into 32 steps. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's, you know, you start with the meet and greet, and you end with delivery and follow-up and everything in between. But, but those processes, people need to be able to bring the processes to life. Um, I, I, you know, I, I wrote an article many years ago called Bringing Your Process to Life. You've got that greeting could be hi. I'm, my name is Joseph, and you are, but and, and and it can be that, or it can be something so much more engaging. One of the things that we look at, for example, when we t- when we break a business down, we start looking at everything. How do they greet? How are they, you know, uh, you know, doing the interview process where they're determining wants and needs? How do they select the product? How do they go through the, the what, what many people call the walk around? I call it product presentation because walk around is more. It's kind of more sterile to me. Product presentation is much more engaging. Nice. We just we did a we did a program for uh, a client out east where we developed a a product presentation competition for them, and all their dealerships in their group competed with each other. And it was it was it was amazing to me, guys, how even the top ten finishers, the people that won the money, weren't that good because they just did it the way that have always done it and they didn't really bring life to the process. You've got to engage people today. You've got to, to do some things that make that customer experience the vehicle in a way that is, that, 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 that moves them. You've got to move people. You've got to get people say, wow, I didn't even know that that did that. That's so cool. Once you, we call it moving their emotional needle. If you can move their emotional needle, four or five times during that product presentation, whether it's the product presentation and the test drive combined, which we call the demonstration drive, because it's really more of a demonstration of the car, not just a test of the car. Um, you know, if you can move their emotional needle, they're going to they're gonna buy because we know that people buy boats, they buy cars, they buy houses, they buy businesses, they get married, they do all kinds of things in their life based on emotions not based on facts. And, you know, people think that this business is all about facts and it's all about price. It's not. Right. I mean, I, I sold jewelry, and back when I was doing that, a $30,000 ring was a ton of money. And I, I, I put rings on people's fingers, and $30,000 later, 10 minutes later, they're walking out the door. Yeah. Well, it was emotional. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, how many facets it had. It was, was it pretty? Did it look good? Can I, can I buy it? So whether it was a thousand dollar ring or a thirty thousand dollar you know necklace, it's the same thing. But you got to move people, and and I think that's that's one of the things that I, that I that I, I you know we, we try and implant in our clients is is is, is passion is is, is critical because it, it, it's emotion, but it's got to be directed in the right way. I see a lot of negative passion in dealerships. And I see a lot of positive passion in dealerships. So when customers come to a dealership, they, they want to have a great experience. And they want to meet somebody who seems um, interested in helping them accomplish what they want to accomplish 
and buy the car that they want to buy, not the car we want to sell them. So, you know, there, there's there's so many ways to, to, to approach this, and, and I wish we had, you know, more than 30 minutes, but, you know, we, we, we've got a timeline to stay on, but, you know, we break things down, you know, the consumer experience. What is the consumer experience when they walk into your dealership? Um, you know, have the dealerships adapted to what kind of customers want? Um, how many customers, and I, I heard a statistic from one of my dealer groups the other day, they've tracked this. It, about 90% of customers that walk in the door have already done more than five hours worth of research on the vehicle. About 90% of customers do more than five hours worth of research before they walk in the door. Yet, I've seen salespeople poo-poo the information that the customer just spent five hours researching. Ah, oh, that's yeah, that doesn't that doesn't fly. Yeah, you know that's probably not accurate. Blah blah blah, or whatever they say. Instead of engaging, hey, that's great. I'm so glad that you you spent some time researching the vehicle and, and really understanding the capabilities of it. You know, what kind of questions do you have? And making the customer feel um, appreciated and respected for the five hours or ten hours worth of research they just did. I mean, that makes sense, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, this kind of flows in nicely with my, with my next, uh, with my next question here. So um, you talk about development and optimization of sales and service teams, right? Um, what do you mean by optimization? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've always believed that optimization uh, is really a, a taking your business, taking your process, taking your performance to the highest level you can, given the resources, talents, skills, and people that you have. Improvement could be like going from a grade C to a grade B, which is okay. But what if you're capable of going to a grade A or a B plus or an A minus? What if you're a salesperson and you move from nine cars a month to 11 cars a month? That's great. That's two cars a month. That's awesome. But what if that person, that same salesperson is capable of, of selling 15 cars a month or 20 cars? It's interesting. I, I was, I was talking uh, again with her the other day and, and, and we were talking about how one of the things that we see again in, in, in almost all dealerships, and it's 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 a simple thing, but it's but it's profound when in the results that it can you know, that it can produce is a simple plan for every single salesperson to move from where they are today to where they'd like to be, and I, I know this to be true, and, and anybody can test this. You can you can ask a salesperson where are you? How many cars a month are you selling now? And they say twelve. Just give me a number twelve. And you say okay, where would you like to be? Oh, I'd like to be at twenty. Okay, awesome, that's great. And you look at them and they say, what's your plan? And they look at you like uh, I don't really have a plan. Um, I'm just going to maybe work on my day off. I'm going to make a few more phone calls. I'll try and take a few more ups. That's not a plan. What if every single sales consultant in a, in a dealership had a personalized, individualized, customized plan based on their goals, their aspirations, 
their needs, their talent that moved them from where they are to where they could be. And that was optimized, not just improved. See, I believe that most dealerships, and this, this is a crazy statistic, but I believe that most dealerships are functioning someplace or producing someplace around 60% of their potential. And sometimes when I say that, people go, what? And then, come on. And I, well, let me ask you a question. Let's look at your sales consultant because every dealership um, rises and falls on the performance of their sales team. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You're only going to sell what your people sell. And I mean, you might have some sales managers that, you know, put some, you know, some lease deals in or some, you know, go to rental car. That happens to you when they make their numbers. But, but, but in the end, if your salespeople are at 60%, your dealership's at close to 60%. So how do we move a salesperson from, from 12 cars to 15 cars or to 18 cars? And it's not teaching them how to do the road to the sale better. It's got more to do with having them engage the potential of their own business development uh, activities that they're not tapping into. For example, we know that um, most salespeople, here's a perfect one, most salespeople, when you ask them, so what's your, what's your percentage of referral business that comes in the door for you? Most of them either A, don't know, or B, they start to count on their fingers. Let's see, last month I got one or two. I, I got three last month. So, okay, so I'm at, I'm at, I'm at 15%. Awesome. That's, uh, 15% is a great start. We know the target from our, all of our sales teams our target is 30% referrals for every single person on that team. What if a dealership went from 10% referrals to 30% referrals? Oh my gosh. But yeah. let, me, let, me, let me give you guys, and anybody listening, please write this down. There are three, there are three very important elements to gaining high levels of referrals. Number one, you got to earn it. And I think most people are listening are, are, are earning the right to ask for a referral because they're doing as great a job as they know how. Could they do better? Sure, most people can. But you got to earn the right. Secondly, you got to ask. But that's where it gets tricky. It's not, it's not if you ask, it's how you ask and when you ask that's very important. I have people say, when you ask for referrals, and they say, well, I ask, I ask, I ask at the beginning. Or it's the last thing I do when they're rolling out the driveway. I ask, "Hey, you know, if you have any friends or you know family need a car, let me know. I'll hook them up." And they throw a couple cards in the customer's seat and they drive away. That's such the wrong time to ask for referrals, but that's what people do because that's what they were told. So there's a more strategic time to ask for referrals, and it's got to do probably sometime in that window of when we're sitting after F and I and before delivery. <laughs> It's a great time to ask for referrals or to talk about referrals or to, to begin the conversation about referrals. But the third step, guys, you earn, you ask. The third step is the one that most people just don't do, and that's learn to cultivate. If you plant a seed and you nurture that seed, there will be a harvest. It's, it's, the, it's the law of nature. If you plant a seed and you nurture it, there will be a harvest. But I don't know when. Could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next month, could be next year. But I'll tell you what's interesting. If 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 you if if, if people would learn to cultivate the referrals, and we, we do a lot of work in this area, 
than to cultivate referrals and to stay in contact with the customer with information that is helpful to the customer having a great ownership experience, not necessarily to buy something. I just bought a car from you. Why are you sending me information about buying another one? You know, that call that people make at 30 days and 45 days. Hi, this is Joseph from XYZ. How's it going? How's the family? How's the car? Any questions? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, if you know anybody that needs a car, let me know. The customer says, yeah, I'll let you know if I know somebody. Click, done. They make that book to it. Now what happens? You're done. Yeah. Oh, more than a couple times. So true. There's another strategy out there that that if you if you put this in place, puts information in front of customers for long spans of time, and none of it's about buying another car. It's about having a great ownership experience. We we could do a whole other session on on, on just referrals. I but, mean, the 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 fact of the matter is, is you, I mean, it's quite obvious that that training is so natural, and you're so great at what what you do. I'm sure. I, I just uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this question before we run out of time, so just just bear with me. I was reading through your bio and it says it's all about performance. It says you said specifically it's what someone does with what they know that elevates their performance beyond the average. Which I love that. Uh, can you just talk to us briefly exactly what you mean by that? Well. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because sometimes when I'm sitting down talking with a client early on, I'll ask them and say, so, you know, they'll say, well, you know, we already do training. And, you know, we, we, we do training. We train all the time. Okay, great. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's an old adage I read many years ago, and I, I use it now, is knowledge does not change behavior. Knowledge does not change behavior. Uh, How many people do you know in the business that know what to do if you just don't do it. Right. So it's not what somebody knows, it's what somebody does with what they know and how well they do it and how often they do it. And that, my friends, is all about coaching. That's all about managing. That's all about leaning. If you train people on what to do, and I go in dealerships all the time, and, I, and, and I, by the way, I was on one of these teams for one of the manufacturers where we went in every three months, every four months, and did a two-hour session, and we delivered some kick-ass information, and it was great, and everybody loved it, and they went back down the floor and did nothing that they learned. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and even worse... 90% of the time, and by the way, in 2017, I personally facilitated 375 workshops in dealerships. Wow. wow. That's more than, oh, there's only 365 days in the year. Yeah, wow. I was doing two a days. And, and 90% of the time in dealerships, there was not a sales manager in the room. Oh, that's they crazy, man. Salespeople into a room to be trained by somebody else. And they and when the salespeople walk out, so that was great. That was awesome. And they get in and the sales manager, so what did you learn? Oh, we learned this and this. Again, oh, oh, that's great. Now go back and go, go sell a car. So where's the support come from? Where does the after session follow-up come from? There isn't any. Because we pack up our computers and our projectors and we leave. Well, that, that was 
that was why we don't we don't do that anymore. We don't work for the for the for the manufacturers anymore because of that. We need to be there. We need to be intimately involved with our clients. We need to set up coaching programs. We need to teach the managers and leaders of the dealership how to coach and how to follow up and how to set expectations and how to how to grow their team, not just you know tell them. I, I think I mentioned in, in one of my books, the, the, the customer service is the contact sport. There's a whole chapter on training is more than telling. People in the car business want to take enough time to tell people what to do and hope that they do it. And if they don't, they'll tell them again and again and again. And eventually, they'll either do it or they won't. And 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 if they don't do it, they'll either get fired or if they're nice enough, their manager will keep them because they're selling a few cars, but they're not doing what they're supposed to do. But eh, it's okay. It's the car business. Yeah, that's, that's not optimizing the performance of people. So. You know, we, we talk about this whole tsunami of change coming in. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's hard to stay on track with it because there's so many sub pieces. But, you know, if, if we can if we can put, you know, and I really believe that the key to all of this is our sales managers. You can hire great people, but if you don't put them with a great manager, they're going to fail or they're not going to do as well. So, so much of what we do in dealerships anymore is working with the sales team and the sales managers and the GSM and the GM to make sure that we're getting the support that we need for our frontline people to succeed at their highest level. Because that's where the dealership can go to 70 or 80% of their potential. I've never seen a dealership operate at, at 100% of their potential. I don't even know if I've ever seen one at 90 but I've seen them at 80, 85, and they're kicking ass, and they're selling six, 700 cars a month. Yeah, I mean, definitely opportunity there for for growth, which is a good thing, right? Because, um, uh, you know, we were talking in our uh, during our, our, you know, previous to the to the session, we, we had kind of like a, a, a little meeting. Um, and, um, yeah, we were talking about that gap, right, from 80 to 20 is always – super hard to get that or 80 to 100 excuse me there's that 20 percent. it's super hard to 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 kind of close that gap man we could go forever here it's been such a great conversation lots of insight uh really appreciate you coming on but we're we're running out of time so i just wanted to kind of wrap it up give you an opportunity to let the audience know how they can get in touch with you also if it's okay with you maybe we can put a link to some of your books on the or your your you know, all your books on the, on the show notes, uh, give the audience an opportunity to, um, you know, get some of that insight. Sure. Um, but before that, sure. I just want to ask one quick question here that I ask everybody that comes on the show and that's where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why? Um, well, the, 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 the title of this talk was really uh, focused a little bit on the tsunami of change coming. And, and, you know, we talk about the employee experience and how that needs to get better. We talk about the consumer experience on how that needs to adapt uh, technology. We just finished a survey uh, of, of dealerships uh, on the East Coast, West Coast, and everything in between. And it was interesting, but not so surprising maybe, that technology and dealerships is there but most people aren't using it and they aren't using it very well. And that's a, the admission of the, of the management team telling me we have that technology, but we don't use it and we don't use it very well. And there's new technologies out there that, that can really impact 
the way a consumer sees that business. And that's re- it's really all about the customer. I mean, we would talk about how important it is for our employees for us to engage them, and that's 100% right. But the employees aren't buying cars from us. It's the consumer. And, and, and we sit in the consumer's chair all the time. So whether it's technology or whether it's improving our training and development and coaching and leadership and management plans for our, for our, for our staff, uh, uh, whether it's you know, using more technology, that's, that's where we see the greatest opportunities for, for improvement. And, and customers, I mean, when, when in the history of the car business could people pick up their phone and buy a car and, and have it delivered to their house within 48 hours and never go into a dealership. That didn't exist. And it does now. So, 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 you know, technology is here. It's like a tsunami. It's coming. You can see it on the horizon. And many dealerships, I hate to, I hate to use the word have their head in the sand, but maybe it's not in the sand. Maybe it's just not looking up. But, um, you know, they, they need to look up and see that this is coming. And, and how are you addressing it? It's not about focusing on selling the next car. I get it. It's about looking, what are we doing to make our business better? And how are we making our people better? And how can we move our people from 60% to 75%? Right on, man. Yeah, I agree. Hey, thank you again so much. Um, uh, let us know how we can get in touch with you. And again, I'll... Uh, I'll include your contact info and uh, if you're okay with it, the link to the books in the show notes for the, for the audience. Yeah. 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 It's the, the company is the sales and service group. So just www.thesalesandservicegroup.com. And uh, you know, then my number's on there and I'm going to post this, uh, this transcript of what we talked about uh, on my website. Uh, so if people want to go back and see it, they, they can see it there too. Uh, and I'm sure you guys do something similar. But uh, I, I really enjoyed my time together with you guys this morning. It was it was great. I hope uh, you know some some people uh, have, have gotten some 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 key points from it. Uh, you know, it's it, it, no, nobody's fixed. I don't believe anybody. Oh my gosh, this was this was it. We're fixing it. No, that, that's not how it works. You know, you hear something and then you got to go out and do something about it. So, all that being said, it was it was awesome being with you guys, and and, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks again. And um, I don't know if, uh, Eric, you have um, some final words, some final thoughts? Eric? (laughs) All right, I guess not. So (laughs) anyway, thanks again, Joseph. Uh, Great conversation, man. We definitely got to have you back on the show. Um, That's all we got, folks. And as usual, we'll talk later. Oh, 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 oh,